Welcome to the Beautiful Second Act Podcast. If you are in midlife or beyond, if you hunger for your most fulfilling life, if you are brave enough to dream big, to pray boldly, if you think age is just a number and does not define you, then this is the place for you. If you long for a deeper connection to self and spirit and are willing to answer your heart's calling, then this is the place for you. Hi, I'm Patty Beamer, and I believe deep inside all of us, there's an ache for something to light us up. We each have a calling that starts as a whisper and doesn't go away just because we get older. Join me on this journey during our most beautiful second act in life, where I will share with you stories from extraordinary humans who have fully stepped into this life in engaging and inspiring ways. I will also share with you my personal discoveries in creativity and growth. Listen, and I promise to bring you nuggets of joy, grace, awaken your spirit, and at times bring laughter to your world. I invite you to a place where we speak our highest truth, can be our most authentic selves, and are unapologetically real. Let's get started. Hello, my lovely friends, and welcome back to Beautiful Second Act. I'm Patty Diener, your host. Today we have a fantastic human that is coming on to talk to us about why it's so important to advocate for your health. Um, Tammy Alameda is in her mid-50s with three grown children and a wonderful husband who stood by her side and helped her through quite an ordeal that nearly took her life. After being diagnosed with stage four cancer, Tammy was given a very grim prognosis. And when she talks to us today, it's 10 years later, and she's going to talk to you about all the ways that you can beat the odds if you just advocate for yourself. Here's Tammy Alameda. Tammy, I am so glad you are here with us. Thank you so much for uh, joining us and thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. So um, you and I spoke a lot about, um, you know, why we were going to have you on the podcast. And I always thought you were really inspirational. So, uh, but because the listeners don't have any background, can you please tell us a little bit so our listeners know something about you, like where you grew up, maybe a little bit about you now and about your family? Sure. Um, I was born in Daly City, California. Uh, I grew up in Hercules, California. I went to Pinole Valley High School. Um, I have three children. I have two boys and a girl. My oldest is 30. My middle child is 25 and my youngest will be 21. So that's, you know, a lot. And when you have a family and, and it's so wonderful, you know, you, you, you guys have beautiful children. I got to meet two of them. And I know that it's a lot of work when we're raising a family and, um, you know, we got the marriage, we've got the house, we've got the, you know, all the job and the kids. And so during all of that, um, when I first met you, your kids were about middle grade, middle school um, age. And then now um, I remember when I was working with you, you started having some health issues. Can you tell me a little bit about what was going on and when did you start feeling that something wasn't quite right with your health? Um, well, I was on a diet, a grapefruit diet, and I thought I was losing weight, doing a good job. Um, but then my weight just was falling off, like rapidly. And um, I guess it was about three or four months into being told that it was hemorrhoids, 
Um, Hemorrhoids could cause weight loss. Now, see, to me, that sounds strange. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a lot of weight loss. Um, I started losing gradually in the beginning. And then, like, three months in, I dropped, like, 25 pounds uh, within that time. So uh, six months in, I'm still being told by the doctors. Now, this is two different doctors that oh, I've wow. had. It's just hemorrhoids. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then uh, they told me what to do, but nothing was getting better. Um, I lost close to 75 pounds. Oh, my goodness. And with, then in, in uh, what time frame did you lose about 75 pounds? Uh, it was within nine months. And so then when were you like in pain where you knew that they were wrong? Um, I never really had any pain. I wasn't really into any pain until about, I guess, um, six months into it. I, it started to where I couldn't sleep. I couldn't stand. I couldn't sit. I couldn't lie down. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, it was just, it was terrible. So I go back to the doctors, and then they tell me that they're going to have... Um, a colonoscopy done. Okay, so about six months into it, um, things just started getting worse. Um, the pain, I guess you could say, was getting worse. I couldn't sit, so it kind of felt like I was sitting on a rock. Oh my gosh. And, um, but they still were telling me that it was hemorrhoids because I had no other signs of anything else. You know, I was losing weight. Um, so they were going to schedule a. They were going to schedule a colonoscopy, but did they, they ever get to that? They um, well, actually, another doctor I called because my doctor that was treating me told me that. Well, the nurse told me that she was on vacation, so another doctor was covering for her, and I told him everything that was going on, and he said that doesn't sound right. They should have done a colonoscopy on you yeah. months back. So he said, I will call you back. And I was actually working at the preschool, Pomo preschool at that time. Um, he calls me back two hours later and says, okay, we will get you in um, a week from that day. I don't exactly remember what day, but a week from that day for a colonoscopy. So I said, okay, well, this was on a Friday. That's... Monday came around, um, I had uh, sh the shivers. So they thought, my family thought maybe I had the flu. They kept piling blankets on me. And, and then I started getting the pain in my lower um, right side. And um, I just was sh shivering. I just couldn't stop shaking. Oh my gosh. So my husband took me to um, Santa Rosa, to the hospital. And by the time I got there, I was doubled over in pain. They brought me right in and did some x-rays and all that. And um, come to find out, it wasn't hemorrhoids. It was my colon had exploded. Your colon had exploded. That, yeah. oh my gosh. So obviously there was a mass there that had put pressure on you. Right. So tell me, when was it that they actually diagnosed you that you had had cancer? Uh, they diagnosed me that weekend. It was, see that was, I went in on that Monday. So by that Tuesday, they had uh, diagnosed me with cancer, colon cancer. They rushed me into um, for emergency surgery. 
So now because if your colon exploded, then that must have meant that you were going septic too. Because I was going all septic. that was going throughout your body. So tell me yes. what happened. What happened while you were at the hospital? So um, uh, while I was in the hospital, a lot of it, I don't, I don't remember. I is what I was told from my husband. Um, they brought me in and uh, they were trying to, they hooked me up to IVs and try to flush me out and rush me into surgery. But at this time, I really didn't know what was going on because they had me on morphine and some other stuff because I was in so much pain. Um, then the next morning, that was actually Wednesday morning, they came in and um, wanted my husband to be there and explained everything, what had happened, and um, told me that it was uh, colon cancer. I was stage four. Stage four? Stage four, yes. Oh my gosh. So with going nine months being misdiagnosed. Right. And then they find that you're stage four. What kind of prognosis did they give you? Um, they kind of uh, said that um, due to the septic, they had to try to um, clear everything out. And they told me that... Um, I wasn't going to make it because the situation that I was in um, for me to uh, for my husband to bring the kids to say goodbye. Oh, my God. And um, at this time, I still really didn't know what was happening because I was really out of it. And um, they told me that um, I would probably live 24 hours. Oh, that only gave you, oh, good gravy. Yeah. Oh, Tim, so, your poor family, because I mean, at least you were a little bit doped up, but they are, they must have been going through so much emotional, like right. trauma, just thinking they had no time to say, I mean, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so it was, um, so then once I started getting my bearings, you know, um, coming out of the surgery and really just, you know, trying to figure out what actually what was going on, um, I just told the doctor, I'm not ready to go yet. I'm not going <laughs> of course, anywhere. Of course not. And you know, that's <laughs> a lot of it. A lot of it, I really believe is our mental, you know, state and how we feel. And it's like, if you weren't ready, you weren't ready and you're still here. So thank right. God for that. Yeah. Um, well, tell us what happened next. I mean, you had to have all kinds of treatments for you to even be here today. What happens next? Well, I had, um... God, within two and a half years, I had six surgeries. I had a colostomy bag uh, for two years. Oh my gosh. I had, they had uh, found out that it had metastasized into both lungs. Oh gosh. So I had stage four lung cancer in both lungs. Wow. Oh my gosh. So I did chemo for six months a high dose of chemo, they said that if it shrunk by 50%, that they would go in and do surgery. Um, so six months later, it had shrunk 50%. Oh, thank God. So they did um, lung surgery and on my left lung and got the cancer out there. And uh, another six months went by 
they told me that I had cancer in the other lung. So uh, they didn't even want to do a biopsy because they knew what, what it was. Exactly. You've already been through enough. Right. So then I went in and had another a lung surgery. So the first one was my left lung and the second time was my right lung. And it was both my lower lobes. So they removed the lower lobe of each of your lungs? Of each of my lungs. Yes. And um, I stayed in the hospital for a while and they kept giving me oxygen and I would pull the oxygen off because I kept feeling something wasn't right in my lungs. It, I would talk or I would cough and you could just feel like a rattle. And uh, the nurse said, no, you have to have it because your oxygen level is low. And I'm like, no, I don't need it. So every time they would leave the room, I would pull it off and I'd wake up and they'd have it on me again. So finally the doctor comes in and the doctor tells me that um, you need to have the oxygen because your oxygen level is too low for your lungs. And I said, no, you need to check my lungs because I can feel fluid in my lungs. And sure enough, I was getting fluid for having too much of that oxygen in me. So you knew before they did and you kept trying to tell them and they weren't listening again. Right. You, so second time now you've been telling them what's going on and they just poo-pooed you until you right. had to put your foot down and say no. Exactly. Wow. So you had pneumonia then, huh? Yeah. Oh my yep. gosh. Tell me, so, tell me what was, what was your mental state during all of this? This has got to be a lot for a person. I mean, you had to have a colostomy bag. You had to have, you know, two surgeries for your lungs, you in and out of the hospital. How long did this take before you finally felt like you were well enough to be able to, you know, move forward in your life and that you, you know, how, how was your mental state during all this? See, cause me, I know me, I'd be depressed as hell. How did you handle all this? Um, I was actually at a loss. I, you know, um, I didn't really know what to think. And they kept asking me if I had, um, family with, uh, colon cancer. And I said, no, you know, my dad did have cancer. My dad wound up having, um, liver cancer. Um, but there was no other, you know, no sign of anybody having colon cancer. Um, but as being, um, uh, the state of mind I was in, um, just things kept going through my, my mind. Like, you know, here's my daughter, she's nine years old, you know, um, not seeing her grow up or the rest of my children, um, was very, very hard. Um, and my husband, uh, worked two hours away from home. So, um, it wasn't like my family could be there for me and visiting me every day because he was still working. Yeah, that's hard. So you spent a lot of time in the hospital on your own then? Yes, I did. I did. Gosh. So where are you now in your health journey? Where, where are you now? What ended up happening that, I, that you're actually here today talking to me and that we're able to do this podcast? Um, well, actually, you know, I just kept telling myself, I'm not ready to go. I know uh, there is a higher power. There must be a higher power because I don't think I would be here today. But I, you know, from now on, anytime I have questions about my health, um, I always get a second opinion. Yeah. And I let the doctor know, you know, okay, well, this is what you're telling me. So I'm letting you know that I will be seeing another doctor because of everything that I went through. 
you know, I try to eat healthy. I don't have the healthiest diet, but I try to. Um, my daughter, she's a vegan, and she's trying to get me to go that way. Um, other than that, I just stay positive. You know, um, I think I'm here because of my husband and the love of my children. So how many years has it been now that you have been uh, finally able to say that you're cancer-free? Um, well, they said I'm cancer-free. Uh, it'll be 10 years um, oh. coming up in March. This that is March. phenomenal. And they gave you a 24-hour prognosis. Yes. Oh, Tammy. You are a miracle, girl. And a lot of that is your own will. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. I think if you have if you have the will, I think you could make it through. Oh my you have to stay strong. Well, what would you say to anyone who's struggling with an unknown health issue right now? Maybe someone who uh, feels unheard by their doctor. Don't give up. You know, like my husband told me, um, the doctors work for you. Oh, that's good. Yes, that's right. So you have to tell them this is what I want done. So um, if I felt that something needs to be x-rayed, I had them x-rayed, even if they said, oh, no, we'll wait. No, sorry, it's not how it's happening. And you have to have that type of attitude. You just got to remember, you know what? You're paying them. That's right. Yeah. So you, yep. So you need to let them know how it's going to be. <laughs> that's actually a really good, you know, I never thought of it that way, but that's the truth because you know, they don't always know. Um, they do their best. They try their best. But just because it comes from a textbook doesn't mean that that's necessarily the only way. There's other options. And sometimes right. listening to the patient's intuition of their own health is the best way. Right. Um, so in your opinion, what's the best way to advocate for your own health? Like, you know, how would you how would you recommend that someone advocate for themselves, especially someone that might be a little shy? Um, always take somebody with you. If you, um, you know, you have a doctor's appointment, you feel that there's something that uh, is not right. Um, my husband came to many a doctor's appointments with me because when you're going through something like that, you don't catch everything. So you need to have somebody with you to advocate for you. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially if you're traumatized by hearing a prognosis, you might not hear anything else they say past that. That's right. That's exactly right. Oh my goodness. So um, what's next for you? Because I know that you have found something uh, really exciting that you've been doing lately, creative wise. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, it's kind of my stress reliever. <laughs> I love to create cakes, come up with different ideas. Um, You're quite an artist. I've seen pictures. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just... Um, like to create different things like that. You know, I, uh, I'm a baker. <laughs> That's wonderful. And so in the future, what do you see for your, uh, your talents in, in baking? What would you like to see happen with all that? I would like to see a storefront with my name on it. Yay, girl. I made it. <laughs> you, you go. I think that's a phenomenal goal. And you know what? Yeah. I think you will. I wrote because anybody that can come out of a 24 hour prognosis of life. And it's like, um, excuse me, <laughs> no. And here you are 10 years later, not only did you beat stage four cancer, 
but now you are living um, this great passion and the pictures that you've shared on your Facebook page are so wonderful. I'm so proud of you. And I know that when you are ready and you get that, you know, if you want to do a brick and mortar or if you just even want to do like a trailer and take it to people, whatever you do, right. you will be yeah. successful at because you are so talented. Thank you very much. Well, I'm so happy that you're here. Um, anything else you'd like to share about uh, your your next endeavors or is that pretty much as far out as you've been planning? Just never give up. Just go for your dreams. Make it happen. I think that you will. And I can't wait. I'd like to taste one of those cakes sometime. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have no problem. I'll make you one. <laughs> I'll have to place an order sometime. Well, I have a couple of questions, if you don't mind. Something fun and something completely obscure and off the hook. Would you like to answer a few questions just so that people might get to know Tammy a little bit better? Yeah, sure. Not, why not? Okay. All right. So where would you, if, if money were no object, where would you most like to travel for vacation? Hawaii. Hawaii. And do you have a particular island in mind? Waikiki. Oh, you want to go right there to the Waikiki Beach. There you yes. go. <laughs> I've been would there. Just, would it just be <laughs> you and the hubby? Or would it, be, would it be you and the hubby? Or would it be the whole family? Uh, I would love the whole family to go. Oh, see, look at that. You're really nice. I'll be thinking, oh, hell no. <laughs> I need me some downtime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, I, I think I'm probably going to already know the answer to this, but... Well, no, let's just not do that because I was going to say cake or pie, but the bottom line is, is we know you love to bake cakes. So let's go with this. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? I like vanilla so I can put anything on top of it. Oh, that's a really good one. Oh my gosh. Like that cold stone place where they mix everything into it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then the last question, what is your greatest joy? Uh, family. I bet that's true because look at how hard you fought to be with Yep. You. Oh, yep. Tammy. Oh, I'm, my heart just goes out to you. I am just so happy. And I was really blessed to have gotten to know you before you ended up moving on and going over to the preschool because we worked together for a short period of time. Yeah. And I got to at least know your kids for a little while when they were young and so cute and vulnerable. And we got to have, you know, some fun together before they became right. all these adults and grown up yeah. life. But please extend uh, all of my love to your family. And um, thank you so much for sharing your story because I really hope that um, this will help someone else to realize that it's never over just because someone tells you it is. That's right. That's right. It's never over. Oh, girl. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Oh, my goodness. Tammy is a badass. I'm telling you. Anybody that's given those kind of odds and can look a doctor in the face and like hell you say? <laughs> it may have taken her a few days to really understand what they were trying to tell her, but by God, she wasn't going to go down without a fight. And here she is 10 years later and cancer-free. That is quite a story. Um, thank you so much for listening today. If you want to follow Tammy's story along um, on her Facebook page and see all the wonderful things she's creating on her journey to um, having her own business making and designing cakes, find her at Tammy Alameda. And it's spelled T-A-M-M-Y, traditional, old school Tammy, Alameda. And I'm going to try and find a way to put that link in the show notes for you. She lives in Lake County, California. And um, she's really a hoot. And the cakes she's been designing and posting pictures of are quite remarkable. Um, I am just so happy for her that she has found not only 
um, is she surviving, but she's thriving. Found a way to really embrace life and find joy in uh, her beautiful second act. So thanks you guys so much for being here. I'm going to put in the show notes all the ways that you can find my book, After the Fire. Um, my website's pattydeanerwrites.com and romancetravelandfood.com where I have all kinds of fun places that I've traveled to, recommendations for places to stay, restaurants, reviews, and recipes. All right, I hope that you guys have a wonderful weekend coming up ahead. Come back here and join us every Tuesday and Thursday at Beautiful Second Act Podcast. And you can also hop on over to our Facebook group where I hope you will join us at Beautiful Second Act for all of the fun inspiration that we support each other with during the best half of life. All right, I will talk to you soon and enjoy. Cheers. Cheers.